I see trees moving all around, so that means people are coming in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know there's some taller trees and shorter trees? That was for Sandra. (laughs) Someday I'm going to grow up and behave. And I believe that will probably be when I cross over. (laughs) Or he returns one or the other. Because I work really hard at it. I really do. Are you blessed? Encouraged? Yes, indeed. So good. You know, I watch Ben during worship and stuff and the smile on his face and I see the rejoicing and the excitement of coming in just to worship the Lord. You know, if that's all we did for 980 years, wouldn't that be awesome, J.C.? In the kingdom, just worshiping the king, what else would we need? We could do that 24 hours a day because we wouldn't have a need for sleep. We could just worship him nonstop for a thousand years. And that's just a sliver of eternity, a thousand years. This lifetime is a glimpse for any of you that saw a family man. This is a glimpse. That thousand years is just a sliver out of eternity. Time without end. You know that's what you were created for? To live eternally? In the presence of the Father? Wake up to Him in the morning? Did you enjoy last Sunday's word? It's really awesome when the Lord speaks and there's a strike and ignite in the realm of the Spirit. Aren't you glad that we don't have to uh, meet as leadership at the first of the year and come up with a 52-week plan of what the Lord wants to speak for 52 weeks ahead of time? Okay, I thought that was pretty humorous myself, but that's okay. Doesn't take much to make me laugh. (laughs) 52 weeks, letting go, God know what he's going to be saying every week. <laughs> Did I really say that? Letting God know what he has to say on a Sunday morning. Whoa! How awesome it is to be, how fearsome and awesome it is to be in the hands of the living God. Can you imagine? I would not want to mess with interfering with what he wants to say. I try not to anyway. But listening to Sean's word, it was really a striking, igniting. It's what's so wonderful about uh, we purpose to live and walk by the Spirit. We had our deacons and elders meeting this morning. And uh, J.C., as we were talking and rehearsing a little bit what the word, the word was last Sunday, and our... <laughs> The inner man of J.C. was ignited, and so he came to Sean, and he said, you know, for months, weeks, I've been having this stirring, and that just ignited something, and so I, too, because I'd listened to the word, was, and so I said, well, J.C., are you ready for this morning? He says, well, I'd like to do it next week. But that's the benefit of uh, being a spiritual 
born again, born from above, Christian, because we minister by the Spirit. Because if you just read this ink on these pages, it's just ink on pages. And I guess we could call those idle words. There isn't life in just ink on a page. But when the Spirit of the Lord takes those words off of the pages and they become quickened and alive by the Spirit, then that ministers to your inner man. And that's where the mind doesn't interfere. And the camera in your head. That's right. And you have this camera. You do. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's a camera. Because when, when I minister, many times when you're ministering, you're watching what the Lord is doing. Exactly. You're watching, and we'll go back to Jesus, only did what he saw the Father doing. And so we have these opportunities to practice our spiritual senses according to the Word. And so I just wanted to build upon what Sean was bringing. I thought that was just so wonderful. Um, Wherever I put it. I know it's somewhere here. Because I'm going to be going to Ezekiel chapter 4. But the word that Sean brought, what stood out was Mark 16, 20, the Lord working with them. And the Lord working with them and confirming by signs and wonders. And so I was pondering that and I went into Zechariah chapter 4. And what's so wonderful is, is that whenever God speaks to his people to accomplish something, it's always beyond their own ability. Always. Otherwise, like it was with the Tower of Babel, oh, we will build the way to get to God. We will do this. And so in turn... I just, just I thought this was just a wonderful illustration. Zechariah is filled with prophetic overlays. The coming of Christ the first time, coming of Christ at Tabernacles the second time with Zechariah and the Day of Atonement. There are so many overlays or layers to the prophetic word. But this particular setting was is that Israel, God's people, had been in Babylon for over 100 years in captivity. And they'd come out. They'd been set free. And so they returned to their homeland. And we're going to pick up in chapter 4 because they're about 12 years uh, into their now coming to their homeland, Jerusalem. And the priority was, in the heart of the Father, was rebuilding the tabernacle. Because God's priority is to be in the midst of his people. He never wanted to be distanced. He never wanted to see Adam and Eve removed from his presence. But there wasn't a choice because sin cannot abide in the presence of the Father. And so as I was beginning to just kind of enjoy what was being spoken through Sean, and it's just so wonderful that it's important for you to realize that you're all part of this story, whether we read of the past or the present or what is in the future, because we're all living this together. And what was so wonderful is is that the Father is always 
always letting us know that encouragement is who he is. You can do this, but you can't do it yourself. You can do this. Even David, when he took down Goliath, David knew it wasn't in his own strength. He was making the appeal to all of those, all of those trained warriors, even Saul. We can do this. God has said he would give this to us. But nobody believed it but David. And so David didn't act upon his own strength. He said, well, I'm going to stand what God said. And I'm going to move forward. And so in the the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, there are at least six different settings where the Spirit of the Lord came to Zechariah in vision form or in dreams, if you will. And it's just a continuous series, but I don't want to go there. What I want you to know is that God sent Zechariah to encourage Zerubbabel. He was the governor of Judah. Mind you, the people that left the homeland and were in captivity, not all returned back to the homeland. Many of them chose to stay because of the lifestyle. You can go back into history and so much of the banking system was created in that time that we experience today. But so a handful, maybe a a few thousand, can't come with exact number, but there weren't the thousands that originally were there. And so we look at Zerubbabel, we look at what God had spoken to him to do, and he saw the numbers of people that he had to do it with. And so the word of the Lord through Zerubbabel, excuse me, through Zechariah, was there to encourage him. Now, if you could just relate, and I want this to relate to you. The people were tired. They were frustrated. There weren't many of them. (laughs) But they were asked to do something. And stop and think about it. If any of you saw pictures of the temple that God gave David the pattern for and his son Solomon who had built... And here, a handful of people, if you will, are going to try to restore that? No way. So they saw something that was so glorious, and now they're seeing themselves putting something together that was less than that, though they thought, because they looked at the natural setting, but they were still obedient to God. But I want you to listen to the words, the word of the Lord, because it's to us, it's to anyone, any person, that has been asked of God to do something. Because I'll guarantee it, if you've been asked to do anything by God, it will always be beyond your own means or your natural abilities. Just as it was in Luke. The signs and wonders affirmed who was with them. It wasn't them. It was him. Amen? Hallelujah. So where am I going? So I'm going to start with verse 6. Well, we can start with verse 5. Then the angel who talked with me answered me and said to me, Do you know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. (laughs) Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, 
and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts, grace, grace to it. Now, if you would just take your life and my life and a building next door and a temple, if you will, a dwelling place being prepared by God, something that is beyond our means, We knew from the very beginning. <laughs> we were kind of like Gideon's army, if you will. He has whittled down and he's whittled down and he's whittled down. Why? So that he might be glorified. In every way. From financing <laughs> to the miracles of that which was unsurmountable even to be able to enter into a document that would allow us even to purchase the building. This has been, in my lifetime experience, 25 years in the making. According to Psalms 139, this was in the making before I was born, as you as well. Part of our story that he wrote that we're now experiencing. So what have we been shouting these last 10 months? <laughs> grace! Grace! And there are a few other choice words. <laughs> See, what we have to understand is, is the encouragement of God is, is that I will do this, but I need your hands. I need your feet. I need your faith. I need your words. I need your love. I need your union, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, with one another, with me. These are all such wonderful examples to see when God desires to establish a dwelling place on the earth where he can then call his own, that he can demonstrate and manifest what he desires to do. And we can go back to Emmanuel. God is with us. I told you back in the Jesus movement, a small barn where on a Friday, Saturday night, people would gather together and worship. What would happen? The neighbors would call because they thought the barn was on fire because there were pillars of fire coming up and down from that barn. Do you think that could happen next door? Do you think it happens here? Absolutely. We're just on the inside. We don't see it. That's why I was trying to position myself. <laughs> Making sure I was in the right spot. And see, you've heard me for years. Our responsibility is just to maintain the altar of his presence. He's built the house. He's established this foundation. The word says, be careful of how you build upon the foundation. Because whatever is of yourself is going to be burned up but that which is of him. So every time we come together to worship, we are establishing, maintaining the altar of his presence. There's a worldly term, if you build it, they'll come. Just read Zechariah. There will be a day that they all come. Because every nation, every person, will be required to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. To go to the temple. You see, that's what I want to begin to emphasize to you because even in those 
that were purposing to see what they thought in obedience to God was to establish once again his temple. It was far more reaching than that. Even God himself said, what can man build? But God knew the importance of the significance of his presence in the midst of his people. Amen? Now, listen to verse 8. Now he says, Moreover, beyond what has been spoken to encourage you, moreover, (laughs) the word of the Lord came to me saying, The hands of Zerubbabel, he laid the foundation of this temple. His hands also shall finish it. Then you will know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord going to and fro throughout the whole earth. What the people were obedient to respond to was not just preparing a temple for their present day. When you read, what was this? This was um, Luke chapter 2. This was the very temple that they prepared for the dedication of Jesus. Where Simeon and Anna were there that prophesied, declared his release. So what they thought they were putting their hands to for just a dwelling place of worship, everything that they were doing was preparing for the future of what God was desiring to accomplish and do. What are we doing? We keep coming up with our ideas, and I had a good conversation with Chris back there, and he made something stand out to me. God has supernaturally allowed us to cross over And now that property is his. For 25 years, we've had all these ideas. For 12 years, we've had all these ideas. For the last year and a half, two years, we've had all of these ideas. So we kind of make our plans. We start thinking about where this might go and where this might go and where we could use this and what this might look like. And I told Chris, I said, I'm trying to be careful with this. He says, yeah, because they often, the father often gave them their Ishmael. And they had to suffer the consequences with it. And so I've been very mindful of how we move forward because there are things that haven't even been thought of yet of what God wants to do. And so, through this whole process, We've had a little bit of a quiet time once we entered the Christmas festivities and we kind of stopped most of the work on the physical building, but all the other things that have been transpiring to take place to see the fulfillment that we might be able to maintain the building now that we have it. And so it's important for you to know the story because the story is really the testimony. You're in my life. All we have to do is rehearse, tell the story. 
this is, <laughs> all this does is rehearse the story over and over and over again, and you and I draw from it, begin to see the fullness of God, <laughs> that he reveals himself, he is with them. <clears throat> and so the goal was is that we needed to be able to have the after-school program in there to where in turn we could then have some funds to be able to pay for what we now have been stewards of until God chooses to find ways that he wants to sow in. It doesn't surprise me that foundations and grants and all of those things haven't come in beforehand. Because what was 192000 down payment became $38,244.19. That was God, that wasn't man. So should we expect anything else as we move forward? So, anything less. So here I am because we have to have a certificate of occupancy. We have to have a fire department approval. We have to have bright futures. We have to have all these approvals just to be able to bring in our after-school program. We thought that was going to be very simple because we had finished that whole event space and that was going to be pretty straightforward. They'd had three, 400 people in there for the last five years playing bingo. So what would be the issue with 38 kids? Well, guess what? They're, they're issues. And so in turn, we've been able to get the fire alarm people in there first. We got approval to be able to do three phases of the fire alarm. But then we had to change gears because now we're going to the second floor rather than down to the first floor. So in turn, and these people are the same people that have worked on our alarm system next door. They're Christian business. They're wonderful people. Tom, who runs the business, John, who does most of the work, who you've seen, are just incredibly tender-hearted people. <clears throat> but what I want you to understand from the very beginning of any person that I've been uh, in contact with for estimates, painting, electrical, firearm, whatever it is, I always come down to the story. I gradually work back to 25 years ago. If you talk to any person working in that building, other than the electrician, which I haven't had time yet with, but will, they'll be able to tell you the story. Because they're telling others the story. And see, that's what's important. We may be few in numbers. We could say that uh, we're kind of in a cave, but there's many more outside. Look at the angels all around. Look what's transpiring. But what I want you to know is the significance of what God is doing. It's so much as it was with the days of Zechariah and Zerubbabel. They thought they were building for the task at hand. But man, it was preparing for the dedication of the Messiah. That specific time was the launching of the ministry of Jesus. Every word that Anna, Simeon, spoke over Jesus' life were the words that were written about him in Psalms 139. But they had to be activated in the earth. Come on, you need to understand this. What is just sitting in the heavenly realm is just there until it's brought down. There has to be a mediator. There has to be one that draws down. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Simeon had waited a lifetime. And God promised him that you will not die until you've seen the Messiah. Why? Because there was a word inside Simeon that God had planted and placed before the foundation of the world. 
knowing that it had to be spoken into Jesus' life to activate everything that God had as purpose and plans in his life. And of course, Anna, prophetess, spokesperson of God, Savior, be the King. And so I want to continue to, because you, you ignited it, and I'm sure you're going to continue it. Same story. Different people, different time. And see, same message. God has asked us to do something that's beyond our own abilities. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So every time I have to go through that building, the first opportunity that I had to be able to submit for a certificate of occupancy was with the town zoning department. And Joanne, who is the zoning administrator, and Lori, who oversees the whole department. I had this sore in my mouth that every time I would, it would scab, and every time I'd drink coffee, the scab would come off. So the thing was just nasty. And so I went to this meeting, <laughs> looking nasty. <clears throat> and so I said, ladies, I have to apologize first for this on my mouth. I said, I, I've tried, I've used bag bomb, I've used everything to try to get this thing to heal up. But I said, every time I have a cup of coffee, it comes off. And they both looked at each other and said, well, maybe you got to start drinking iced coffee with, through a straw. I thought, okay, that's pretty helpful. But there wasn't this kind of like 52 messages and it fell to the floor and nobody responded. <laughs> Telling God what he was supposed to say. At least I got a response from these two people. So, Everyone was so accommodating. So I had to go meet with the water and sewer department because they determine money. They determine if you're going to be using more water, that means more sewage. That means we want thousands of dollars from you. Okay? So fortunately, it was just the grace of God because I put it off there's a state agency in Springfield, Vermont, that is the uh, natural resource department, <clears throat> and everything has to go through them. That's okay. So I had to avoid that in my, but I had to face it. So like at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, I sent him an email, <laughs> not expecting an answer. So Sunday he says, I'll get into this and I'll get back with you. Thinking, okay, so by Monday, he has all of the previous permits and all this history going back to 1989. I'm thinking, all right, I need to pay 82. I need to pay attention to all this. So I'm going through all of this. And so what's so important is, is that if you can determine everything was pre-existing, then there is no place for people to wiggle and try to cause you to pay more money or do more. So, thank goodness. And it was document after document, and they put these all up online. So I was able to print all these down and then highlight all the documents, pre-existing, pre-existing. No additional draw upon the reserve for the town of Hartford. All of these things that I had lined up and lined up and lined up and lined up. <clears throat> so I had all of this, 
when I went to meet with the zoning department, but she says, I don't need this. You need to go to talk to the water and sewer department. So I'm thinking, okay. Because I had the form all filled out. I thought, because the way I read her email, I thought it was supposed to come to her. So I thought, well, I'm just going to get this over with. I'm going over to the water and sewer department right now. So I went over there and told the young lady to have this form. I would like to have the gentleman look at it. His name is Chris. And I said, everything is here. And so she looks at it and she says, would you like to see him now? I said, is he here? She says, yeah, let me see if he's busy. (laughs) Okay. Grace, grace, grace. So she says, yeah, come on. And he meets me at the door. He says, yeah, come on. He sit down. I hand him the paperwork. And I said, well, it's really nice to meet you, Chris. He says, well, we've met before. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, you look familiar. I mean, he's got like a, a Vermont, University of Vermont sweatshirt on, and he's, you know, just easy going, and <clears throat> maybe late 30s, early 40s, because I've known everybody for the last 40 years in the water and sewer department. <clears throat> he says, yeah, I met you before. I said, Really? I said, okay. I said, you kind of look familiar, but I'm careful because, you know, I just don't want to make a mistake. He says, yeah. He says, I work for Roy Hawthorne, and I work with Skip. We used to do the surveying on your property. I'm thinking, okay. All right, Lord, what are you doing? So he says, okay. He says, uh, I said, yeah. I said, all the documents there. I said, essentially, the Elks Lodge was a community center. So I said, as I've applied for with the zoning department, all of the prints that I gave for every room identifies what the Elks Lodge was doing, is what we will be doing with just a different name. Many will be the conference rooms, some will be offices and this thing, but it's all laid out. I said, it was all pre-existing. He says, well, let me look at this. He says, if you talk to the, you know, the uh, natural resources, I said, the document's right there. He says, okay. He says, all right, he says, let me get on the computer. So he starts asking me some questions. Well, how many employees do you think you'll have? I said, well, we're kind of thinking probably about 12. And he says, well, he says 12, but he said, uh, let me see here, and he lifts. He says, well, you, you can have up to 30. So he says, I'll fill that in. And so he starts filling in all these categories. And he says, well, honey, he says, uh, I can send you the permit or you want me just to print it out for you now? <laughs> so how about both? He says, yeah, that way you can take it back to Joanne and she can move forward with it. So I go back. So I go back to the town offices. And... Brenda, who's the secretary, and then Lori, who runs the zoning department, she's on the other side of the glass. Deborah's on the other side of the glass. And I walk up there, and Lori's all kinds of smiles. And I said, hi. She said, hi. <laughs> and she said, uh, we're excited. And I said, are you excited about us in the building, or are you excited about you? She said, well, both. She says, we really have been talking about having our awards banquet there again. So then I'm turning over to Deb. 
it brought. And so, you know, all the paperwork and this kind of stuff. And she says, yeah. She says, you know, there's really no place in the Upper Valley, because she's a Christian woman, for us just to go to have coffee. And she says, how soon is it going to be before this is open? So then now Joanne gives me the because it has to have a a 15 day notice so I put it in the window this was now Tuesday or whatever no Thursday of last week whatever Friday of last week so then she has to come and do a walkthrough to then give me the permit approval so she comes with the girl from the office and there's another woman there and she looked familiar, but, you know, I see so many people and I can't remember much. So I knew she was somebody that I had met before. So they come in and she says, hi, Lonnie. And I said, hi. She says, I, I know you. She says, I'm not sure if you remember me. And I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, yeah. She says, I worked in the appraiser's office. And I won't talk about what took place there. And so she says, yeah, she says, I did the uh, walkthrough on your home. And so she said, I'm really excited about what you're doing here. She says, tell me more about your food bank, because she says, my daughter used to work for Panera Bread. And there's so much of the food that they have to throw away because there's guidelines of what they can give away and what they can't give away. And she says, by the way, she says, do you guys take donations? Because the organization that I work for, she says, we're always looking for places to be able to sew in, but also people that would like to work. And then, then, then Joanne says, yeah, she says, there's some place where people can find what they could be, be volunteer for. Because I told her of all of the volumes of hours that people have been working. And so I'm thinking, okay. And so then, by the time this is all over and we've walked everything, the woman who used to work for the appraiser's office, she says, man, she says, it was gross in here before. She says, this is so beautiful. And Joanne says, yes, this is unbelievable. And so the woman from the appraiser, I wish I could remember her name. She says, well, you know, she says, the organization that I work for, she says, we're always looking for places to rent. She says, we try to squeeze ourselves into a little room that holds about 25 people in the basement of the town offices. But she says, it nowhere meets what we have need for. So will you be renting out space? I said, well, we'll be doing like what the, what the Elks Lodge did, because Blodgett and different ones used to have, you know, training and seminars and all that kind of stuff. Well, she says, well, I can't wait. And I said, well, we'll, we'll be doing some window coverings and the carpeting will be different. She says, yeah, this carpeting is kind of 80s. She says, that would be good to change that. that <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> so when I took them to the front of the original building, they were, they were just overwhelmed. And I was able to tell them the story. This is a designated destination site, preservation, excuse me, historical site. So I said, it's been thought of having governors, those that have come in, have opportunities to be able to have a greeting session and then take them into the ballroom. 
And I said, even with the bathroom that's going to be completely redone. And they said, oh, yeah. And I tried to come up with the name that she called it. It's like a boudoir for wedding, the, the bridal shower and the bridal party where they can get dressed and do all these things. I'm thinking, well, that's what my wife's thinking about. And I said, all this. And so we carry the vision. We carry the vision because God's granted us the seed. And I've tried to say for so long, and Sean identified it in his word, when we came here as a family 40 years ago, in the Jesus movement in the 60s, there was a seed that was planted. There was 1,100 churches at that time. We started out with two. In seven years, there were 1,100 churches, both in the United States and throughout the world. And that seed was planted in many, and then they were scattered. That movement, God scattered, and there's that seed that's been broadcasted across the earth. So I can say that it's Kathy and my training and the things that we've been taught, mentored under, because we've had many fathers. But what we're finding is is that in many settings, because of Christianity for over 2,000 years, there's doctrines of men, and then there's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And somehow they get a little bit mixed up by no fault of our own mentors, because that's all they had to give at the time. But there was a seed that was planted in many to prepare for the return of the Lord. And we, we are now trying to figure it out how it applies to today. See, in the day of Zechariah, they carried what they had at the time, but they were preparing for so much more. And see, I want you to understand that. We see a building, we see our shortcomings, we see what we don't have. (laughs) But God is beginning to reveal to us, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that it's going to go beyond you. When I tell all these people the story, even Joanne and the other two women, I took them down to the basement. I took them up to the attic. I said, Kathy and I did not want one generation, because this is going to go far beyond us, one generation to look back and say, why in the world did they leave all this junk? Because we knew that it was going to go beyond us. That it was more than just praise chapel that it was about the community that was going to come under this setting. And so I want to encourage you. Man, our new year was tabernacles. Keep it sweet. But because we're under two calendars, we're going to have a double empowerment, if you will, a double releasing. Started here with Sean, myself, and go to JC, probably Kathy. God's going to build on this because now he wants to speak into what we are about to see and do and it doesn't become an Ishmael. You and I don't want to bear what's birthed out of an Ishmael. The Middle East is bearing that now. That's the product of Ishmael.
God can't bless what man has made. God will bless what he has made and established. And what's so awesome is, is that God said, Zerubbabel, you will finish your part. Because the Messiah must come and be dedicated in this house, in this temple. Could it be prophetically? I'm just going to expand your horizon a little bit. (laughs) What are we preparing for over there? Could it be his return? more than a building because it's each one of you carrying the seed that's in your life and the Psalms 139 to see that come to the fullness of what God planned it isn't just us and it isn't just us and it isn't just this time period and I'll finish with this because Ephesians 1 speaks about in the administration of all things. That means the closure of this church age. Jesus is going to come. He's going to gather all things in heaven and all things in earth that belong to him. That belong to him. Properties, peoples. Why is it important that you know that you've been placed here? And it'd be surely nice to go somewhere else where it's warm and there isn't snow and all that kind of stuff. And a little Hawaii warm temperatures? <laughs> no, because when he comes, he's going to ask us, were you stewards of where I placed you? Because I had purposed to come and claim this land. And I gave it to you to steward. No different than the Garden of Eden. This is where we've been given domain, dominion. And now that's been expanded because it's his. We carry the authority, but it's his. And thank you for saying that this morning, Chris. There isn't one of us that want to see this become an Ishmael or any part of it. We'll have our hiccups. We'll have our places where we could have done things differently. Ever, ever say, John, I sure wish I would have done this differently. Yeah, I could, I could write a book on those things. But that's where he said, shout grace, grace. So every time you wake up in the morning and every time you may find your way over there working, just speak grace. Speak grace in the atmosphere. Not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. But you can speak the grace that then manifests in the walls and the carpet the person working next to you or the person downstairs or maybe even the electrician that's upstairs or the gentleman that happens to be putting in the alarm system. Grace. Grace. A temple not made with hands. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you've given us this uh, <laughs> tried by fire. This is what, this is what tried by fire has, has created as a result. You've wondered why your life has been the way it has? Why it just like that just seems like there's been no easing up. 
Like, can't they, can't they just be a breather? That breather's found in Him. So, Father, and I'll get to you just a second. Father, give us the ability to love you more and love one another more. Love is what's going to carry us through. Grace by love. It's going to manifest and demonstrate. And Lord, for every story that's going out through people that may not even know you, let there be life in it. Let there be the substance of who you are in every word that every person describes. Just one thing. You know, looks like you know, like this. <clears throat> when those three women were standing with me, Joanne says, Lonnie, have you ever met Jeff? And I can't remember his last name. He works for the town. And he works with kind of the conservation part of the town and their utilities and stuff. She says, you need to go talk. You're energy conservation. Thank you. You need to go talk with him. So when I went in to take the paperwork to Deb, Deborah, I said, by the way, I said, is Jeff here? So she eases back in her chair and she says, Jeff, are you here? So he gets up and he comes to the door. I said, hi, my name is Lonnie Genesee. He says, yes, I know. Joanne told me about you. He said, I heard about all the volunteer hours. But he says, I want you to know, he said, have you got a card? Because he said the state is looking for a pilot program for heat pumps and solar system, solar uh, heating. They're looking for a pilot program to do this. So I gave him my card. Of course, the card says, I said, does it have all the information on there? I said, yeah, relationship is everything. <laughs> but I said, my telephone number and my email is on there. He says, well, I want to pass this on. So he says, be sure and watch for something to come. Grace. Yeah. Grace. We love you, Father. We thank you. We know that yeah, salvation, God. salvation has come into the valley. Oh, mercy. That you would be glorified oh, Lord, in all that we do. And knowing, according to your word, Mark sixteen twenty, the Lord working through them and confirming his word with signs and wonders.